0: Welcome to iDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah.
1: Hello, everyone.
2: Hey, guys.
1: So Sarah and I have been thinking, we don't have a name for our listeners, and we have people from all over the world, what is it, 80-something countries that are downloading the show?
2: 90, or yeah, close to that, a lot.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so it's just awesome to see the reach, and hopefully we're providing some information that's helping you in your personal lives and your relationships, and we don't have kind of a name for our listeners. A lot of podcasts... We'll kind of have like a catchy, fun name because we're trying to build community here and I think we're all here to support each other. So one of the names that I really liked, kind of the first one we came up with was Love Tribe. What's a tribe? It's a group of people within a society and the Love Tribe are the I Do podcast listeners trying to find love? And we all, that's really all we want in this life. That's all that really matters when it gets down to it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I love it. I think it's fun and engaging and speaks right to our listeners. Well, we hope it does. So let us know what you think. If you like it, love it, hate it, let us know. And if you have any other ideas, let us know too.
1: Yeah. Throw them out there. I like Love Tribe, it's kind of fun. And all-encompassing of what we're trying to do, and find love, and and bring that to our listeners so they can find love. So, all right, love tribe. When you hear me say that, that's you. <laughs> On today's show, we have Steve Horseman, and we talk about self-reliance, independence, and why that's important in a relationship, or if you're not in a relationship and you're looking to get into one, or you're casually dating. It's really important to not be looking for someone else to complete you, to be self-reliant and independent, and you're going to be much healthier in an existing relationship or a future one. So definitely listen for the acronym NUTS. What does that stand for? Non-negotiable, unalterable terms. What are these? These are the boundaries we have in a relationship. So if you understand those, you're going to be set up for success. It's going to be a lot better for you in an existing relationship or when you find one. For the females, that's FOP, female operating principles. So understand those boundaries. Also, listen for why men tend to label emotions as an attack on them. Really important. Understand if you're a guy, not to always label emotions this way. If you're a female, maybe it'll help you understand your partner a little bit better. Understand your relationship values. Write them down. Clearly understand what to expect from a relationship. These are going to be important things in your relationship or if you're single, going into one. And then lastly, choosing your partner in the morning. Steve mentions this as something that's valuable to do in a relationship. So choose your partner in the morning and you're going to be set up for success.
2: And you'll also notice uh, Steve mentioned... Dr. Margaret Paul and how much valuable information she has. And we actually interviewed Dr. Margaret as our first interview. So if you are interested in hearing more what she has to say, she talks a lot about how loving yourself and how it's so important to love yourself in a relationship. So check that out. It is our first one. So Keep that in mind. It was uh, a big learning curve, I think, for us. <laughs>
1: yeah, we probably sound super nervous. Yeah, uh, but... I know
2: we did. I can <laughs> back and listened to it, but yeah, check it out. That would be great. And as always, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash I do podcast, You get a free 30-day trial and a free ebook. There are thousands and thousands of choices. One of our favorites is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. So you can use that free audiobook to download that book. It is a great relationship resource. Chase and I have both read it and love it. Also, amazon.com. Visit our website. Use any of the links that go to Amazon. Amazon.com, and we get a small percentage of the sale comes from Amazon not you guys um, but every little bit counts as well as patreon.com forward slash I it's a website similar to Kickstarter where you can support creatives uh, singers artists other people making podcast so if you would check those out if you want to help support us we would greatly appreciate it all right guys enjoy the show everyone. Today we have Steve Horseman with us. Thanks for joining us, Steve.
0: Thanks for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it.
1: Steve is the founder of Good Guys to Great Men, a company with the mission to educate, mentor, and transform smart guys into confident, skilled, and authentic men of purpose and passion.
2: We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships.
0: Sure. And thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. I've been checking out your podcast, and I love what you guys do. Uh, The reason I do what I do uh, is really aligns with your mission to help people, and I work with men specifically, to understand what it takes to create the kind of environment that is ripe and fertile for good connection, for trusting, respectful, loving behavior toward one another. And when men find out that they have more power than they believe in creating that environment, they become different people. They become different partners. And I just love watching that switch flip in men when they find out what their personal power is in doing that.
1: Awesome. Well, I think we're going to have a lot of valuable advice for our listeners today. And I want to kind of zero in on the topic of self-reliance and how it can be the foundation of a healthy relationship. So let's just start by... Kind of explaining self-reliance and why it can be so valuable.
0: Sure. Um, Self-reliance comes under many uh, monikers, I suppose. Self-reliance, independence, being your own person. uh, Those are all different ways of saying the same thing. But I think it gets uh, underrated. I think self-reliance can best be defined as a person who has achieved a point in their own mojo. I use the word mojo a lot, which is another word for self-confidence. They've achieved that point when they no longer require the world, other people, other relationship partners to provide their sense of well-being, their sense of affirmation, appreciation, and approval is no longer something they're searching for outside themselves but they have discovered that it has always resided inside themselves and they know how to recall that and call it up when they most need it. And in a struggling relationship is the most important time to know that about yourself. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Absolutely. And we've seen, you know, and heard about people that are struggling in relationships where they're not self-reliant. And so you're looking to your partner to sort of complete you and what then usually happens is you're disappointed because they're not giving you what you want or what you think you need. And, and it seems like uh, that's where the issue stemmed from. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The the feeling of the person who is not self-reliant, typically in a relationship, feels like they're a second-class citizen in the marriage. They feel like their head is somehow lower than the head of the other person and they're not a, a valued partner. They feel undervalued and they feel uh, subordinate, they feel that their needs are less important than the needs of their partner, and they have this uh, chilly awareness of feeling deprived and empty and lonely, weak, defenseless, inadequate, or frightened. And that's really characteristic of a person who isn't self-reliant because they tend to blame those emotions on their partner.
1: So what is a tool or practice that someone that feels like they could be more self-reliant they're not very self-reliant what is something that they can do
0: well this is where it gets deep this is (laughs) yeah yeah i I know (laughs) wow yeah this is where it gets deep that what is something they can do and the problem with Me answering that is that the question implies that there is something that they can do. Um, We've been brainwashed into thinking that all the self-help resources in the world, which are mostly books and and tapes about what to do, that there's somehow a tool you can adopt or a line you can use that is going to change the nature of your character of being self-reliant. And and that's the fallacy in a lot of counseling approaches in in that they think, well, it's too tall of an order to ask a person to be self-reliant. That's just way too much to ask. So let's give them tools like, let's tell them how to communicate better and how to sacrifice and how to negotiate and how to compromise and how to listen better. And and those are all traditional counseling tools for people who actually don't want to go any deeper into themselves because those tools can be band-aids. Yes, those are Good tools for healthy couples, but they're not good tools for two unhealthy people who are using them to make up for the lack in self reliance. So, to answer your question, Chase, um, the best tool for gaining self reliance is a person deciding consciously to take a deep dive into their inner demons and into their inner child to find out why they are not self-reliant. You guys interviewed Dr. Margaret Paul, I saw, who's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And she went on this um, uh, podcast to talk about this very thing. She has an e-course around it, as a matter of fact, for women, I believe. And uh, I'm I'm totally in alignment with her. Self-reliance isn't something that you go find. There's not a tool to help you create it. It's something you have to you have to decide you're going to discover on your own because you know beyond doubt it is within you you just haven't uncovered it yet
2: yeah that was our first interview that we ever did actually and it really the whole message kind of just stuck with us it was uh, you know loving yourself first and being able to do yeah. that before so that you can have healthy relationships so yeah that's that's very interesting that you uh that you saw that thank you
0: <laughs> yeah 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 it was awesome you guys awesome
1: so for our listeners it's that may be struggling with self-reliance, it's like that first step is just understanding that, recognizing it, and then being open to the process of trying to find out why you're in that place.
0: Yeah, there's, if, if, if there are any books to read, one book I read recently written in the 60s is called um, Beyond Success and Failure, The Path to Self-Reliance, and it was reprinted in the 90s. Um, it 's a hard hitting book uh, It really calls us out on all the things that we do a, on a daily basis in relationship and with others that that shows that we have a tremendous um, lacking in in personal self worth that we 're looking for affirmation and validation in the eyes of others. And we know this in our society that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses thing and what do other people think of us as is, is a chronic problem, you know, weight and body shapes and all of that stuff, always looking for approval. When you get into relationship with another man or another woman and you want feelings of closeness, connectedness, affection and sex and romance. But if you're empty inside and you're looking to receive those from another, but you're not prepared to know how to give that, it's a recipe for disaster because a self-reliant person knows that the prerequisite to receiving genuine love from another is knowing how to give it without condition. And you can only do that when you don't need to be loved by another.
1: Yeah, it's so important to have that foundation. And and so much of what we talk about, we talk about relationships, but a lot of it comes back to looking within yourself and not blaming or, or your partner or thinking that the problems are coming from the other person. A lot of times it's looking within.
0: Yeah. If I was to use a, an example, a common example is when one partner is being super emotional, right? In, in this case, I'll take my marriage. I was married for 28 years before I got divorced, and so much of what I've learned are all the mistakes I made that as a man, I'm tempted to label emotional displays of emotional stress, anxiety, or fear, or anger as an attack on me, as crazy behavior, as nutty, irrational, stupid behavior, right? Hear all those words? Those are shaming words. And when I, when I felt so attacked and inadequate to deal with the fact that she was having emotional storms, all I could do was blame her for making me feel inadequate because I didn't know I was already adequate. I didn't know that I could stand in her chaos in the storm that she was having right then and not take it all so personally that I couldn't just understand that sometimes anger is just anger. Sometimes unhappiness is just unhappiness. It doesn't have to be about me. But when a man makes it about him, his response to that is always destructive. It's always condescending. It's always unhealthy.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we get defensive. Like once you're in that mode, and then you're defensive, and then it's it just it's usually a downward spir- spiral from there, huh?
0: Yeah, and that, and that's when we hear from our our, our women that. This isn't all about you. Does this have to be all about you? What they're trying to say is that I am angry. Just be with me in my anger or I'm, I'm upset. You don't have to fix me. I am not broken. Just be with me. Stop making this about you. And yeah, you can tell in my enthusiasm that was so me. I, I know that, that cycle so well because I spent a lot of time there.
2: Would you have any advice to give our listeners that, uh, if this is something that they're going through, something that they can use to – kind of prevent that ongoing scenario in their relationship?
0: Yeah, one thing uh, I've heard recently, I just love the idea of doing this. A lady uh, told me that she said this to her husband. She said, I told him today that I choose him today. And at first he got upset. He goes, what do you mean Today. Because he's worried about forever. And she goes, all I have control of is today, this moment. It's that thin slice of time between yesterday and tomorrow, which is right now. You know, The Power of Now is an Eckhart Tolle book. It's a great book. So she said, I'm using the power of now. I decided to tell my husband that at this moment, I choose him. So she said, my tool is to wake up in the morning and say, I choose him today. And when I decide that I'm choosing him today, that means I can choose how to love him today. How do I want to love him? How do I want to show him that I care for him? And it it was beautiful to hear her talk about it. It was a conscious choice, and it was her tool that she invented. Every morning I wake up, I decide if I choose him or not, and then I choose how I'm going to love him. And so she took the initiative, and what she was doing was modeling the behavior that she wanted in her marriage. She was modeling the type of energy that she wanted in return for him to choose her as well and to choose to love her. But she decided to go first instead of blaming him for not being perfect. It was just beautiful. Now, what happens when two people do that? What if both of you wake up doing that? Holy cow.
1: Yeah, that's powerful stuff. And, yeah, I mean, it's like it's this overarching message and everything is that relationships take work. And that's kind of what she was saying is like, I I choose him. I, I'm i choosing to be present or whatever that meant to her. but. To, to work on it, and and it's such a powerful thing to do because it's easy to kind of let our emotions steer us and go go in that downward spiral, not being self-reliant, take everything as blaming, and, and it's just not a great way to go through life.
0: <laughs> you're right, you're right. I just got off the phone with a prospective client who, who just heard the words that guys fear the most. The words are... It's not that I don't love you. It's just that I'm not sure I'm in love with you anymore. Mm. So he got that notice just the other day, and uh, he's looking at a separation. And how can he tomorrow morning choose to wake up, choose her, and choose to love her? Because right now all he's feeling is devastation. How can she wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know, I know I told him I don't love him, but how can I choose to continue loving him through this problem? They're, They're not getting divorced. She just wants space, right? It's the whole I need space thing. So, but it's hard. That's, I told you that story because that is like the epitome of the worst thing that could happen that would challenge you from waking up in the morning saying, I choose her today. Yeah. <laughs> you still have to do it. You have to. I thought,
1: I thought you were going to say, she said, we need to talk. That's another, <laughs> and that can come from either side, yeah. too.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well,
1: what that's is, true. what does someone do that, you know, and I love this and it's a positive thing and, what does someone do? How do you recognize if it's not healthy to put that in your head to to say, you know, maybe it's a toxic relationship. So how do you decide that you shouldn't necessarily have in your mind, I choose my partner today because in my mind, if, if there's something that's that's great and we need to work on it but just sometimes it's just not the right thing how how would someone recognize that
0: recognize something that's truly toxic or destructive yeah yeah this is all about boundaries and i know you guys have heard that word a thousand times um, both men and women, you know, especially in my coaching process, I, men have to write down and actually document what their, what Wayne Levine, a relationship coach, calls his nuts. <laughs> the nuts is an acronym: a man's nuts, or a woman's feminine operating principles. I call them FOPs for women. What is non-negotiable for you? What is an unalterable term that you expect of yourself in your behavior? But also, what are the boundaries that, when crossed, you will decide to stand up? calmly and address the boundary. So a toxic behavior um, could be – jeez, I don't even want to go into some of the stuff I've heard – but an example of something toxic would be a personal attack, a horrible name calling, emasculating or defeminizing personal attack the person who's being attacked needs to know their their nuts so well or their their operating principles so well when it happens they don't run from it they don't cry about it they don't complain about it and they don't return the favor they don't become toxic back they simply say that we are better than this and i know you're better than this and i hope the aliens that took my loving wife or husband away are re- returning with him soon because i love him but this person i don't right now yeah. Because we're better than this, and we know how to be better, so it takes courage to not react out of emotion and anger and stand up for what you want and what you believe in a calm, mature way.
1: That's great advice. So, really, again, looking in inside and understanding what your boundaries are. So, I got to ask you, what what is the the NUTS acronym? What does that stand for?
0: <laughs> yeah, NUTS stands for what are your non-negotiable, unalterable terms. N-U-T-S from Wayne Levine from Hold On To Your Nuts is his book and what he's trying to say is that until the person knows what his non-negotiable unalterable terms are and these are what he expects of himself when nobody's watching like does he put the cart back in the cart corral at the grocery store at midnight in the rain or does he push it out in the parking lot for the kid to pick up You know, it's character who, who you are when nobody's watching it is also what do you expect for yourself when you entered into this relationship what were the expectations you had For yourself, and do you love yourself and know that you are deserving of a kind, supportive relationship, full of love, and growth, and mutual support? Um, So, if if you believe you deserve that, what are you willing to stand for?
1: I kind of think of these boundaries and the non-negotiables and the as also values. You know, it's maybe just another word for it. That what are your values?
0: Yeah, and when it comes down to the individual, the individual man or woman, what are your individual values or driving core principles, you also have to consider what are the relationship values. If you take one circle called Sarah and one circle called Chase and you join these circles and they overlap, let's say they overlap 50%. And in that football-shaped overlap is called the the we space. That's the relationship. And so what work has Sarah and Chase done, just for example – on what are the nuts of this relationship? What is non-negotiable for what we expect for ourselves in here? And what will we defend against the outside, family, friends, anything? What will we go back to? act for, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, right? Angelina Brad Pitt movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and you're armed and you defend against the world because your relationship is so important, such a priority. What are the nuts for the relationship? And and I think the lack of that definition, relationship values, as you were saying, Chase, is the reason for the divorce rate. There is no agreement made up front about what we will defend against and what we believe, what is unalterable and what is non-negotiable. Because I, I see a lot of negotiation in couples around what their relationship priorities are.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to do is is we talk about so many times is communication. And, but saying what are our values? What is What do we stand for together? And you need to do it individually like you said. But definitely doing it together can be super important because now you're both on the same page and – like we talk about we're a team, you know, couples are a team. So if the team yeah. all knows the game plan, then you're probably going to play well together, right? But if, if one yeah. side's assuming one thing and the other, you know, you don't know the playbook. Uh, I like these sports analogies because I <laughs> follow, <laughs> play sports. But I just as I'm going, it's like, yeah, it's the exact, uh, yeah. it's the exact same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. The relationship values and, and around money around time with family, around social life, around parenting. I know you guys are new parents. So what are the parenting nuts that you guys share and defend against? And those are those are tough questions. We have different role models in our in our individual past about how parenting happens and what's what it's supposed to be. It's tough. You guys are the role models.
2: Well, thank you. Um I would like to add, I think it and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it may be important for people to maybe have this talk every five years or so. I'm sure, you know, as everyone changes and evolves, maybe not that their values will change, but maybe a little bit. So it might be good to have uh, these talks every once in a while, just to make sure that you're continually on the same page.
0: Yeah, I think you're definitely right, Sarah. Pre, marital counseling counseling does this. So it should always happen before a marriage. And and maybe continuously, I know maybe every year, five years is good too, but you're right. One of the things you hear in divorce court is that he's not the man I married, or she's not the woman I married, or we grew apart. And what happened was, is that there became a gradual mismatch of values, mismatch of priorities. So yeah, the conversation needs to go on. Probably every argument is an opportunity to talk about what values are being violated here, what's happening that, that caused this argument. I'm not one of those guys who believes arguing in anger is a normal uh, sign of a healthy relationship. I think it's a if, – especially if it happens a lot, it's a sign of an immature effort to define your relationship values.
1: Yeah. We'll continue with the sports analogy and we'll call that a timeout or a huddle. Timeout. Yeah. To, and I think that's a, that's a good point, Sarah. People change and, and it could be maybe even every week. That, that you're sort of talking about a different topic and, and getting on the
0: same page. Yeah, I've got clients who argue with their wives a lot about how to properly bathe the children and how loud to yell at them and you know it's yep. tough. You got three or four little boys and girls running around, every button gets pushed and so you have to have that conversation when things are calm.
2: Oh yeah. I, I feel like Chase and I have that conversation now even more. You know, we have a little daughter, Stella, and so it's a continual conversation about how do we want to do this? How you know, so it's changing. So yeah, much. yeah. So it's yeah, that's great advice. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what do we believe?
1: Well, now it's time for the Lasting Love Round.
2: We'll ask you a series of questions, and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. What is, okay. <laughs> what is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship?
0: Ah, uh, I'm going to have to repeat myself on this one unless that something comes to mind in 10 seconds. The first tool is waking up, deciding that you choose the other one. Um, forget the tools of sacrifice and compromise and negotiation. Those are bad tools. If you decide in the morning that you choose them and you're going to decide how you're going to love them that day and you take the initiative, that will trump any other relationship tool that you read about.
1: Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationships?
0: Yeah, I have, um, I have four of them. Because I knew this question was coming. There's a colleague of mine out in California named uh, Bruce Music who wrote a book called Love at First Fight. And he's a brilliant guy and he does couples counseling and he saves a lot of relationships. Bruce Music with a Z, Love at First Fight. Esther Perel wrote Mating in Captivity about why desire starts to wane in relationships. For men, I recommend hold on to your nuts. And for women individual work, I recommend The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong, an outstanding book for women.
1: I love that. I actually just started uh, Mating in Captivity I'm a few chapters in. Really uh, really interesting and really
0: valuable. Yeah, yeah. She is great.
2: Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to add um, those resources onto your show notes page on idopodcast.com. And listeners can also Download a free copy audiobook on audiotrial.com forward slash I do podcast.
0: Perfect. Thank you.
2: We've been married for almost two years. Is there any advice you would give newlyweds?
0: Yeah, and I think repetition is a key to learning, so I'll just repeat myself, I think. I think number one for newlyweds is decide that you want to clearly understand what your personal values are going into this marriage and what what they are for your marriage, and what you expect of yourself. Too many people try to clearly understand what they expect of someone else. It's more important to clearly understand your values for what you expect of yourself in the relationship. And then what we talked about was to understand and agree on what your shared relationship values are for what you expect of your relationship. Like we said, what will you defend as a team at all costs? What are your joint priorities with respect to money, work, family, sex, housekeeping or parenting, entertainment and retirement even as newlyweds? Retirement is something that should be talked about. And we call that the we space where two people overlap. What is in there and how big is it? And what are your personal goals? And how do they align with your relationship goals? I, I think that's the best advice I can give is to be conscious and aware of those things and not think that they will somehow evolve as you go through time. They won't.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really good. And I think we ourselves should, I'm looking at Sarah and I should write this stuff down. You know, we've talked about it a little bit, but I would encourage our listeners to join us and get with your partner and really go through this and, and write it down and cause that kind of puts it into memory and, I think that's super valuable.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Writing it down, having a little manifesto that evolves with your marriage as it goes—you can always delete and, and edit. <laughs> as you
1: go. And you will, like, like we talked about, people yeah. change, our values right. change, and. Well, what is one tool that you could give our single listeners that are looking for a happy relationship?
0: I would say for single people, it's very similar, but I would say hold yourself accountable on a daily basis for being the type of person that you want to attract. Hold yourself accountable for learning how to be a person who is self-reliant and loves yourself enough to be able to have the people you want to attract recognize you. The corollary to that is as a single person, don't look for someone who you can follow. Don't look for someone who can define your worthiness for you.
2: I love that. Be the person you want to attract. I think that's a great motto to have.
0: I think it works for everybody.
2: I do too. Well, good. Well, we've really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye.
0: Okay. Well, thanks, Sarah. Uh, listeners can find me at my website at goodguystogreatmen.com. There's a number two in there. Goodguys, number two, greatmen.com. I coach men exclusively but I do end up talking to a lot of women in relationships and so I do some coaching there as well but as all the listeners know that anything I say to a man that is true you can just reverse it and find the truth on the feminine side as well
1: well our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives
2: and again thanks so much for your generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today
0: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much.
2: Hi, Sarah here. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so through Patreon, Amazon, or audible.com. All the links are on the bottom of our show notes page on iDoPodcast.com and in the description for this episode. Also, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on iTunes. We appreciate it so much. Thanks.